0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. As you can tell, we are not in the studio because we are traveling separate places, but we still want to do a podcast. We have a monster amount of car conclusions and even a car debate and a lot of questions, so it's going to be a big one. Yeah, for sure. It's been a while since we've done car conclusions, and you guys have been doing
1: great. You've sent us mm-hmm. your car updates, even going so far as a few or more years back. When yeah. and, and that's okay. And what I mm-hmm. also love is people's situations change and we had one recent email, it's not on our list for today's podcast, but it's justifiable when people say, Hey, my budgets went up because uh-huh. wife got a new job or And the budgets went up, and so it's always satisfying oh. to read that. Anyway, so I'm I'm thrilled <laughs> to see all these <laughs>
0: Is a you like to be justified satisfied? for doubling people's budgets. I understand I, that. I'm but it's trying the trying to,
1: to stay justified here. So.
0: But but there's a, no, a number of car conclusions on, on both sides where people write in and just go, hey, since you did my car debate, here are the things that have changed in life. And that can be, they can swing all kinds of ways. Oh my gosh, we're having triplets. It I can. Mean, whatever. Of course. You know? Of course. And so it's interesting. To, but what I like about it is that, that you guys consistently, when you're writing in with your car conclusions, it's interesting to watch how when we do these car debates, even if we don't feature yours, even if all you've done is listen. Mm -hmm, You're you're mm -hmm. taking the stuff that we're talking about, and and it's changing the way you're thinking about how you want to get your car. And hopefully you're winding up with something you love, and that's what most of these car debates and car conclusions are about. And we're just thrilled to see it, whether we actually did a debate for you or we did one and now it's irrelevant because all of life changed. It's just fun to watch (laughs) you guys go through the process because this is why we do this, and this is what's fun for us. Exactly right. Well, do you want to start in? Do you want
1: to mention the news, the more Tesla news? we got to be careful because it'll be the rant. It'll turn into the rant. Well, I... Do, how I how mean, far do you want to go? Do you want I'll, to just, say, look, the just stay, to say the news?
0: I'll just stay high level. There was <laughs> okay. the Tesla Giga Cyber Rodeo thing. Cyber Rodeo. That happened in Austin. Uh-huh. And of course, the huge Tesla fans all showed up in mass. And so there has been much Tesla is the greatest thing ever commentary on the news. But I just find it amazing that... Elon continues to promise the Cybertruck, the Roadster, and the Semi. At least those are cars though. He also continues to promise a robot next year and I'm and I'm going to keep putting this stake in the ground that this is a, this is a corporation where the where the CEO has promised something that is simply not going to happen and he promises whatever and the stock goes up. I am I I don't understand how he is able to get away with that and nobody else can. But supposedly, you can buy C-3PO next year. That, he is standing on that. it is mean, out there publicly. So you've got to be kidding. <laughs> You're right. But whether or not the stock price
1: goes up, regardless if it goes up or down, what other company can you name on the planet that does these little side projects in all seriousness... I mean, they're not constant April Fool's jokes. They're, in all seriousness, whatever the project is, some of them are interesting. Some of them are so wild and out there that shareholders would allow their dollars to be diverted, or investors allow their Mm -hmm. dollars to be diverted into these little fun side projects. If established companies like General Electric said, you know, robots seem fun, like (laughs) a humanoid that actually does your taxes Mm -hmm. and serves you breakfast... Well, huh? That's just kind of a cool side project. Let's assign people. Let's, you know, move into a new building. Let's get some furniture set up. Give them a budget and tell them to go nuts and see what happens. And if nothing happens, that's fine. Would shareholders say? <coughs> excuse me. What are you doing? How is that? Uh, part that's of the a, great plan? that's a great question. Only Tesla. That's a great question. So all of yeah. us say, well, of course, it's Elon. This is normal. This is business as usual. Oh, yeah, and the cars are cool, and they have great range, and they're fast. Yes, they're awesome. And then all these side projects are just sort of normal. Yeah. But what other stayed normal, you know, been around for over 100 years, General Motors, you know, name a company that has these, maybe they don't tell us. Now, I will contrast that by the Toyota Olympics, or a lot of Japanese companies have invested in mobility solutions. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And they come up with wacky ideas over the years, and that I applaud because they're exercising their, you know, materials and manufacturing and creativity in their engineering to come up with solutions that help humanity, that Mm -hmm. go further to help you know disabled individuals. Which wonderful, I I applaud that. It's close to my heart. But then, how about like a humanoid robot with a flamethrower and it flies? That sounds well,
0: cool. but but you're touching on there's two different parts of this though. You're touching on the fact that I think we're all in support of Skunk Works. Let's have these yes. companies that have resources yes. do crazy little side projects and, and try things. But it's when those but those companies tend to, other companies except for Tesla <laughs> tend to be, tend to be cautious in making promises for when this is going to be widely available. Right, companies and not named then, Tesla. Yes, and then when and then if those deadlines get missed. Those other companies will probably get a lot of backlash, which is why they are reluctant to to make big promises, because they will get backlash in stock price and public perception for missing said deadlines or not delivering. And Tesla's operating in this weird bubble where whatever deadline is mentioned gets blown past the nobody cares. And you can make the most egregious suggestion of something you're going to do. And everybody goes, oh, I guess that's happening now. I, I just, I don't understand why in general reporting <laughs> i mean you and i are talking about it but like in general like mass market reporting why is why is there not being general pushback where the media is saying at large really yeah cuz i'm not read i'm not reading anything that's going a robot in general i mean i mean you're With hearing it now and then a robot available but, but, Yes, You're right. But, but where is where is your your pick your news masthead of choice? Why are they not going? So Elon promised a robot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Again, what? because because any mm. other company, I think, would get that kind of pushback reporting, and somehow this happens, and it that isn't the response. I find it mind boggling yeah. that he can exist yeah. that way. And there's a part of me. Look, I'm going to be weird for a second. There's a part of me that almost wonders. If it's going to get crazier and crazier until it either fully breaks or somebody calls Elon on it, like somebody publicly calls him on it, because I feel like he's in a place now where he's just like, I could say whatever, and the stock's going to go up and people are going to applaud and think I'm going to do it, so why don't I say something crazy?
1: Yes. And you're right. I'm all for Skunk Works. This is important, but most companies do not say these Skunk projects are going to be widely available or we're selling that. Yeah. It's a manifestation mm-hmm. of technology we're developing that will show up in our future products. That's why we're doing it. We're working on this. We just happen to put it in that vehicle or that thing, and we're testing it and kind of seeing the viability of it. Then that will move forward to where we see our business plan going. Great. Fine. Love that. Every company needs to innovate. Innovation is what separates one company Absolutely. from another. That is Absolutely. intellectual property. That is what makes a company valuable. But this is a bit different. This is just saying, robots. Let's you know that's cool. <laughs> How? Well, but- wait.
0: How I that... come back to the the actual guy in the suit dancing and pretending to be the robot. Right, I mean, this has layers, layers that <laughs> boggle me. And then, and then, I'm not look. I'm not a huge tech geek, but I'm I have definitely followed along with Boston Dynamics as they've made oh, robotic yeah. dogs for the military and the actual robots that run around and do parkour and dance and they're that kind of frightening. Stuff. They're off, so good. They are frightening. They're so good. But the other thing about it, and also, have, have any of you listening watched where? They take one of these robots out into, like, the forest, and they keep trying to knock it over. And three or four knockovers in, you feel sorry for the robot. Then you go, wait, 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 no, stop it, stop it. It, it, It's a machine. But they're, like, purposely pushing it off into the bushes and stuff, knocking it over in the snow. But those don't look the least bit svelte. I mean, they're kind of humanoid, but they're, like, humanoid built by a Tonka truck. And Boston Dynamics is so way out front Uh on this... I'm surprised Versus they aren't even releasing... <laughs> human like, in a skin-tight wh- wh- suit where, dancing. Totally. Uh-huh. Wh- where, is, where is Boston Dynamics kind of like wink-wink on Twitter going, sure you are, because if anybody has the ability to comment, it's them.
1: <laughs> we'll have to leave it there.
0: We now have an auto parts partnership with CarParts.com. CarParts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle, start shopping, and start saving.
1: It really is that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you, and they're offering even more savings for our audience.
0: Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit CarParts.com slash Driver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at CarParts.com.
1: Diving into car conclusions, we've got Philip starting out who wrote to us from episode 660. Says, hey, Todd mm-hmm. and Paul, thank you for featuring my car debate. Philip, we're thrilled to do so because it truly helps settle their ultimate car purchasing decision. Good. Good, good. That's awesome. We recall that they were selling their 2013 BMW X6M. They were listing mm-hmm. Matt Turo and considering a Golf yep. or GTI, a Mini Countryman, a Porsche Cayenne, first-generation I apparently suggested an Acura TLX to a Toyota Corolla XSE hatchback. Todd's choices ranged from a Honda Accord to a BMW i3. But mm-hmm. what Todd failed to realize, Philip writes, was the list of previous cars yeah. they had owned a 2015 BMW i3 already. It had it for, for about I guess a year, I missed that. I don't know
0: how, but all right, yeah. Either way,
1: here nor there. But they realized the 70, 80 miles of range weren't good enough to keep range anxiety at bay, as the charging infrastructure near them is not good. Their yeah. budget at the time was twelve dollars to $15,000, and they sold that X6M broke even on what was owed on it. So then the spreadsheet happened. We love it when spreadsheets happen. <laughs> That's so good, yeah. <laughs> Pros and cons and test driving some of the suggested cars, they ended up buying a 2016 Golf Sportwagon SEL, fully loaded, all the tech and the better wheels, for about fifteen grand, just 30 minutes from their home. Had cool. 90,000 miles fun. on it. Yeah, no kidding. Super clean, one, one owner car with mostly highway miles, driving back and forth from New Jersey to Florida. They've owned wow. it for about a month, and the wagon has been exceedingly practical, as they expected it would, and his wife loves it. Congratulations. But we also recall, Philip writes, we were mildly anti-SUV. <laughs> Mildly love it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For we sure. We need to work on well, that. It's rookie numbers. Got to
0: pump those numbers up. But but they kept having a, a rant about the fact that their entire neighborhood was so full of SUVs that they were like, "You've got to be." It might have been X6M. They were just they kept thinking we don't need something this large, even though they Turo stuff. <laughs> and they have watched their neighbors now wander over and just kind of boggle at a little wagon and been like, "Guess that is usable." huh (laughs) who knew like like educating the public now with this which makes me laugh phil see
1: that's what we love Philip says it's well built 32 to 33 miles per gallon combined nimble enough in the corners and plenty of room for all the kiddos stuff that's great philip thanks for writing really appreciate it and then there's a postscript at the end he says todd go buy your Uh wife that jeep
0: wrangler and throw it up on Turo." We, we have talked about it. We've got to come up with the money first, but we have talked about it for sure. Absolutely. It's terrifying to think that way, but yes, that is true. I love, I, I love the thinking that is leaked into my brain and the brain of others, which is just, I could buy a bunch of cars I can't pay for, but if I put them on Turo, I could... I mean, we have met in L.A. and Vegas and other places, uh, Arizona, we have met people with fleets of cars mm-hmm. on Turo that they pay off all those cars and they drive whichever one is not currently rented. I mean, that was Phil's conversation as well. We have met lots of people that do that. And I, I remember we met one guy in L.A. who literally, that's his only job. He Amazing. just runs his fleet. And, I, I mean, he had like 20-plus cars, and all he did was run his fleet. And he had no other gig. I'm just amazed. I don't know how long that model continues, but there are certainly people doing it. It's crazy. Crazy. Well, Adil D. writes
1: to us, he lost his forever car, and now he is free. Wow, nah, that's
0: unexpected! A deal. Thanks for Ryan. story here for sure. Yeah.
1: Well, he's been listening to the podcast for the last year or so. After finding our content on YouTube, he appreciates you. the balance that we bring to the car space. Well, hopefully, I mean, we love to talk mm-hmm. about people dancing in skin tight suits and SUVs,
0: and you know, all kinds of stuff. Nice variety, right? Well, but he, says, he said he feels like he's getting tired, and maybe others are as well, of, you know, multi-million dollar unobtainium stuff. Stuff that, you know, it's cool to see it slide. I mean, I've just always said this about the top gear we all fell in love with in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Watching a $300,000 plus car go sideways in a cloud of smoke is sexy and fun. Yes. But it has no bearing on real life whatsoever. So he feels like he's glad that we're talking about real cars. That's our whole point, deal. That's awesome. Well, he's
1: writing about his 2004 BMW M3, which he bought mm. in 2011 with 78,000 miles, and it was to be his forever car. Now, growing up in the 90s, that E46 was the everyday dream car for him. It punched sure. so far above its price point, the styling came in at an all-time high for BMW, and they did a great job of taking a regular car and making it feel special. That's BMW's yes. business model
0: and and that is the peak of what most people think the M3 will always be is that, that is the one that everybody is is going for and that is the one that is climbing the most i mean you and i really like the E94 door mm-hmm. but that e, that E46 that is the iconic one after the first one that's the next iconic one in the lineup that everybody thinks of and that since it's a lot more modern and to some degree more affordable than the original one. That's the one everybody pursues. So it is definitely one of those big poster cars, realized cars, and he got one.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, he says, being, being his dream car, he told himself he wanted to keep it forever. Though he's always mm. interested in other cars, the M3 never failed to put a smile on his face, except when paying for maintenance, of course. Ooh. But he wanted to keep his promise to himself, and through 10 years of ownership and 80,000 additional miles, this mentality wow. had become a prison. Wow, a, a man. prison for your mind. <laughs> Name that movie. He still enjoyed the car. He had kept up with maintenance, but he was ready to move on. The only thing keeping him in the car was not wanting to break his commitment to himself and a vision of his identity being wrapped up in the car.
0: Mm, this is tough, man. I mean, it's, and it's not, it's not that rare either. We get some car. We finally achieve it. And, I mean, this is a conversation I have with myself about the Lotus, for God's sakes. I mean, I love the thing. A part of me thinks I'll keep it forever. But another part of me goes, what if I got rid of it? How much am I holding myself back? It's a real worthwhile conversation here, for sure.
1: Well, then Adil got into an accident. He says it was clear all this happened. When he got into an accident driving home, luckily everyone was okay. He was fairly certain the accident wasn't his fault. So he didn't have anything else weighing on his mind. But he immediately felt the weight of ownership of this car lifted off his shoulders. He'd been planning out the rod-bearing service and a differential rebuild and tires and brakes, and he wanted to save enough money to buy another car. And now that was all gone, which meant he was free to explore his options without the added burden of having to keep the car running. Hmm. Will everybody who buys a car and bring a trailer feel this way about their thirty year old special whatever low miles, you know, you turn No, because the key they and... won't drive it. Right.
0: That that's why they're going buying... turn
1: to dust as soon as you start the, it.
0: The guy that bought the six figure, you know, last gen Supra or the person that bought the, you know, ninety thousand dollar nineties civic, that yeah. car's not gonna be driven. It's gonna sit <laughs> in somebody's collection somewhere Gosh. and never be driven and be insured, probably by Haggerty, to just sit. It drives me up and... a wall. It drives me insane, but that, but they won't have this stress because I mean Adil drove this car daily. He put eighty thousand miles on it himself and it was his dream. The people that are buying the pristine bring a trailer ones, those will never be driven, which is sad, but they won't have any of this worry.
1: Well, a few weeks after the accident, Adil received the insurance payout and went shopping for a nine eight one generation Cayman or Boxster GTS. Ooh, I
0: love that. Yes. That's cool.
1: But he found himself falling into the same trap. He had to find a perfect one with all the right options because it was going to mm. be his next long-term car.
0: Mm. Luckily,
1: he pulled up. He recognized this and corrected it in time.
0: Pull up. He saw the mountain. He heard the buzzer. Pull, pull, up, pull, pull up, pull up,
1: pull up. He couldn't find a boxer in manual, so he went for the Cayman. No bright colors near him, so he went for gray. Okay. But it didn't need to be his forever car. It just needed to be his next
0: car. I love that sentence. That you know, is That's my amazing. favorite part of your entire email. You just said it doesn't have to be forever. It just has to be next. And you bought a manual 2016 Cayman GTS in agate gray with 24,000 miles. You couldn't be happier. You've put 2,500 miles on it already by the time you wrote us in just the first month. And you love it all. <laughs> but what I, what I think is interesting is you're in a car, your next car after the dream car that yeah. you loved, and you've told us the pros and cons. You're in the next car after the dream car, and guess what you've found? You love it, too. But now you've walked through this, and you've kind of self-diagnosed how bad the disease is, and you're in this next car that you fully love as well without feeling like you're trapped by it. And I hope that continues, man, because what a cool car to have and feel that way.
1: Absolutely. I'm struck by a thought, though, and that is the current market we're in, which I don't see... Changing back to normal anytime soon, and by that I mean the difficult to procure a car the the difficult method and ways and extra money we are all having to to pay mm. and confront to own your next car, and therefore a level of preciousness has been added to our next purchase
0: mm, interesting point. hopefully yeah. not,
1: but it 's now I got it i've went through the ringer to get this car. I, Ben, finally got this thing. I had to pay extra, had to wait longer, finally got it. Whew, now we've got it. We're going to have it forever. Mm -hmm. We're going to have it for 10 Mm -hmm. years or more. You know, don't do anything. Be very careful (laughs) driving it. Let's not put extra miles. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm wondering, and, you know, you won the auction and bring a trailer. Whew, man, I came through that. Mm -hmm. Battlefield, you know, I won the war, and I've got the car, but, ooh. If you're able to let it go as easily as you fought, you know, more easily than you fought for it, but that's not happening. And what Adil says is he hopes others like him can recognize the trap of trying to keep something forever and do the same, of course, minus Mm. the accident, but now that his identity is not wrapped up in keeping this car, he can evaluate his decision pretty regularly and still feed the disease because ultimately we all want to experience more cars, it's like a therapy session. We're doing a deal. I love it. Oh, it's kidding. really cool. This is really fun. Congratulations! Yes,
0: find us at the yeah. East Coast meetup and bring the Cayman. A deal. Thanks for writing. Josh is writing from Chicago. He's doing that thing that we get these emails now and then. We get car debates like this now and then. It's pretty much just, I'm looking for validation. I'm looking for you to approve what I already want to buy, or in this case, what I've already bought. <laughs> <laughs> After ten years of owning and loving a first generation Lexus
1: IS. He has looked at ownership as a series of engagements instead of marriage. That's what I've said, don't don't change partners, change cars. It's much less stressful. It really is. Yes. While this has annoyed the minister of finance, it has led to unprecedented commitments to quality of life improvements in their Chicago-based principality. I love it. <laughs> now to catch up, he traded his first-generation IS to lease a Corolla-based UX200. The pandemic hey. and then subsequent shortage allowed him to sell the tax write-off appliance for a profit when his huh. job changed. But after nine months of owning a third-generation IS-300, he j- discovered the chip shortage would allow him to sell that car for a profit, too. Good grief. Every Crazy driven market. No kidding. Every driven mile feels like a cash value loss, as the third-generation IS just never delighted him like the original IS. Due to its weight mm. lack of feel at the limits, creating distrust in its capabilities, not to mention any downshift to create a naturally aspirated smile, turned into instant regret as it punished <laughs> the fuel gauge. Well <laughs> written, Josh. That is well done.
0: Bravo. So what do you do? You buy a 911. That's what he did. <laughs> sure, why not? Bought a 911. But... but- it's because he wanted a Cayman. And, and, and what I love about this is there are layers of the Minister of Finance discussion. He's taken the Minister of Finance title and applied a title to everybody in the family. You'll see this is one of my favorite titles ever is coming up here. But he was playing with the idea of a Cayman. But the Minister, Minister of Finance said their vote was it had to be a 2 plus 2. That requirement was brought forth by committee. And so he went 2 plus 2, dang it. So he was searching at a $30,000 limit, and he found himself a nine nine six nine eleven. Now, that's a 2003, so early... Early on in the 2000s, but in the back end of the first air—pardon uh, me, first water-cooled egg headlight generation. So a 996.2 Carrera that was being sold by a Porsche Club America uh, member which there you go. was in really good shape. There you go. The Minister of Finance either approved or decided not to vote on the issue. We're not sure. <laughs> there, there was either approval or it was it was approval by omission. Is pretty much what happened. But he bought it. And he realized he needed to sell... This is my favorite part right here. He needed to sell the IS before the value was lost. And also realizing that... um, What does he do when the in-laws general, or also referred to as the Ministry of External Affairs... That is the new term for the in-laws. The Ministry of External Affairs. What happens when they visit and because he 'll need more more seats. What happens when their sixteen year old heir apparent needs to drive? so he went out and bought for less than $12,000 a 2006 Acura TSX for the heir apparent 16-year-old daughter to drive and to transport the <laughs> Ministry of External Affairs. Can we put flags? What are those flags? on the TSX when they're in town. But he bought that as well. So for for less than 40 grand he got himself a 996 911 with the IMS bearing already done for under 27k and he got himself this TSX for $8,000. So in car math he walked away with extra money and he solved his problem he's saying could i have done better and i don't know that you could have that's awesome unreal
1: josh fantastic he says driving the 996 is addictive yes he's never owned a vehicle that responds like it does on the initial turn-in
0: of course not
1: it's a feeling that we have talked about a lot but cannot be understood until directly experience it yes welcome To the fun. Yeah,
0: it's really cool. It's really fun.
1: Well, he says he loves that 996.2 engine. It's a usable 300 plus horsepower. And he feels so much more willing to learn how to balance dynamics than other front wheel, front wheel drive cars or front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, any other kind of platform configuration. But then he says over here, running the TSX is akin to owning a sewing machine that happens to be drivable on public roads. Just revs (laughs) and responds. No worry in the back of your mind. The steering wheel is big, but feelsome. It's a good, good word. Good, good word, word choice. And so much more nuance to its power band than the on-off feeling of the IS. You mm. can't help believe but the 16-year-old is having a more connected learning experience than he did with all the nannies he had wanted for her in the third generation IS. I Josh, brilliantly done. You've <laughs> Thanks done for very writing, well, man. I think it's great. Pearson M on Guam writes to us from episode 642. You remember Pearson? I he do. says, of course his family listened to the podcast, and his mother leaped for joy at our strong recommendation for his father to
0: sell the MG. Mm, well, he was, he was struggling with what to do with his Boxster, and then he had his dad talking about this MG that is always going to run <clears throat> someday. <laughs> and he said, after listening to the podcast, he found out that it wasn't what he'd told us, which was that the MG had not run in 25 years. That was wrong. The MG has not run in 30 years, Ooh. and so here we came and said, Dad, we think it's probably time to get rid of the MG to let somebody else either fix it or deal with it, and you can get that garage space back. Maybe even buy the Boxster was on our recommendation list. Apparently, uh, Pearson's mom was quite happy with that discussion.
1: <laughs> well, the MOF's Outback is actually a nice blue color, he's pleased to announce. She adores it, and while it's not dynamic, it does work well for them and their stuff and their dogs. He'll be polishing and ceramic coating the paint, he says. And he had some questions in application about what Griot's products would work best. They were super helpful about what to do and how to do it. I'm thrilled to hear that. They are great people
0: and all of their staff. They're, They're ready to help. So give them a call. Yeah, what I found fascinating is when you have their stuff and you have a question. Sometimes you guys come to us and go, "How do we do this?" Well, if you reach me via email, I'm like, "I don't know." But what's great about the Grios <laughs> folks is they love answering those questions. They've done a lot of videos, but then we've had various ones of you like like Pearson here who have reached out to them and gone, "I'm trying to solve this problem. What do I do?" And they do a great job of getting back. I'm glad they did for you. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Well, he sold the Boxster for 15 grand. You know, he bought Ooh, it for 14 for grand just under a year ago. So, taking into account a minor repair in taxes, he broke even for owning it for a full year. That's He's, great. Yeah, that's okay. He was sad to see it go, but he felt a huge amount of relief because he thinks hmm. the car was starting to own him. Hmm. And while he'll miss the way it drives, he thinks it was the right move. He really, really related to, Todd, what you said about still loving a car, but also being okay with letting it go. Yeah
0: that's always hard but it's true you you don't have, no. you and i've talked about this we've talked about this with other people we get into this place where we feel like i'm getting rid of my car because i hate it you mm-hmm. don't have to go that far you you've liked I mean, the frs that i sold i liked it the day i sold it you liked your 928 or, and your cayman both the days you sold those yeah. it's okay you move on to a new experience you don't have to be just in hate looking back. Oh, God, I just that car was terrible. Why, why get to that place? But why not step into a new experience when you're still happy with your current experience? You're just ready to move on. Nothing wrong with that. Love it. Agreed. Well, Pearson has learned to love manuals. He doesn't
1: want a daily one in the city with a stop and go. He says maybe later on or a special third car because he likes this new two-car setup. Mm. So this current plan is to take the Honda to Guam and drive that there. He's going to use the cash from the Boxster to pay off the Outback and then just start saving for something when he gets home. He looked into a Fiat 500 or Z3, Z4, but he says he thinks it's just not a great time to be buying. It seems like those lowest priced cars are the, the ones that have been hit the hardest by the shortage percentage wise. He says, maybe I'll pick up a JDM something while he's, while he's there, but he thinks he needs to be okay with just saving his money for buying something outright and then paying it off fully, leaving the Honda on the island. He's not Mm, sure about the extra dollars. Yeah, that's a great idea. He says those extra dollars allocated would be worth a small extra fun. He's not convinced of that. So good plan. Well, he says on the far horizon might be a GR86 or a mini JCW, but he's inspired to keep driving cars for fun and stay debt free with the hobby and not let it own Mm. him. He's resonated with what I said about making his own pot of gold and he intends to collect (laughs) it at the end of the
0: rainbow. That's cool. Good for you, man. He's going to be a helicopter pilot on Guam doing mostly search and rescue. So uh, he said, you know, when he gets back, there'll be more options, and he's, he's offering to take us up for a, for a flight. We won't be on Guam anytime soon, but maybe at some other point, Pearson, we'll make that happen. <laughs> for
1: sure. Pearson, thanks for writing. Derek M. writes to us from episode 346. Derek, I have not looked back to figure out what year we recorded episode 346, but it's been a while.
0: Right, 3 It's been a while, and, 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 a and this... This did not go where I expected it to go. This, this <laughs> yeah. starts to read like a car, inclusion, car conclusion and then takes this big turn into what it was like for ownership of what he actually got. Because life, as we said, life has changed for some people when you write in. He said his father's passed away. We're sorry to hear it. He got married and he and his wife moved into what he has described as an unnecessarily large house with an unnecessarily small garage. <laughs> so that, that's, a, that's a sad equation. He considered everything we suggested, but then he bought, he thought, I found it, a Tesla Model 3 performance pack. He got the rebate. He got the performance model. He was out the door in blue with black interior. He bought full self-driving, which he said, ask me if I'd do that again. He said, definitely would not. He sold his Fiesta, his Focus ST for a good amount of money. That so was great. The Model 3... Didn't have cooled seats, which was a bummer. But everything else about it, he thought, this is great, and it's done it. And I thought, okay, not where I expected the conclusion to go, but all right. That is the first quarter, no, maybe fifth of the email. Because then we go into detail about what it is like for him to own a Model 3. Yeah, the the
1: quality issues here, which he discusses as... Weird creaking from the back seat occurring on accelerating in a in a electric car, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Now they gave him a nice loner model S, but then they discovered a rear strut bolt was missing. The rear passenger door was missing a bolt when you open the door, so the door falls out because it's the one thing that holds the door panel to the door. <laughs>
0: OK, OK. Well, but, but hang on. There, there's two in a row there. We're talking about a rear strut bolt is missing, which means the other rear strut had all its bolts and one of them didn't. One of his doors is properly bolted together and the other one is not. He's comparing and contrasting now. Now, I am not saying that Tesla is the only person this stuff happens to, but this we're beginning this email. And, and this is from Derek, who likes this car, but I, I was shocked this went this way. I, really, I was really surprised. He says the doors are pillarless, which messes mm-hmm. up the calibration
1: when the window scratches the paint and trim, closing the rear no. passenger door. Well, yeah, you've got to recalibrate everything about the the door going into the seal. He says they replaced the trim and repaired the scratch paint at no cost.
0: So wait, when when they fixed the door... The door now opened and closes properly, but the window didn't get recalibrated properly, so now it caused its own damage, which then had to be fixed as well. Luckily, I mean, the good news here is that in every case, Tesla is doing what they can to fix it right, and they're giving them a loaner car. That is the, the really good headline here, but we've got, we've got rolling problems rolling into other problems. That's bizarre. He says the performance
1: package comes with a deck lid spoiler that is taped to the trunk. Now, Automotive adhesives are used widely, increasingly so.
0: Yes. And And automotive tape. Heavy duty.
1: Yes. Automotive tape is very, very strong. But he says because there's no bolt on that spoiler, the fitment is off and it had to be replaced for no charge. But then that spoiler looked good for about two months and then started peeling off. But he does mm. say, if you're behind any performance Model 3 or Model Y, please be aware that decklid spoilers can eventually fall off and do a lot of damage.
0: Huh. Good to know. Okay. Don't know how likely, because to your point, those those stickies are heavy duty. But They are. surprised he's had, I mean, problems with two in a row on that. Wow. Well, he's pleasantly surprised with the capability and grip of the Model 3. Got
1: the track mode mm-hmm. software update, which allows the split of the torque to be more rear biased. And he says, that's great. Car was made for wheel drive, rear, mo- rear motor is much more powerful than the one in the front, and he likes the grip, but he says it doesn't necessarily handle the greatest in that he's noticed in drift mode, because he used to have that Focus RS. But he
0: says uh, there's drift mode. He's, he's just amazed it has a drift mode. He's like, it does actually do the drifting. It's, it's, he said it's a very different world, But he's got, but you can drift with it. He said he's happy with his choice. But he may have to upgrade the anti-roll bars because he says that the body roll is actually really terrible and the stock seats don't bolster him enough. He loves the -the over-the-air updates. Everybody loves those. It's amazing. But what he says here that I think is interesting, he says some are a step in the wrong direction, but it keeps the experience from getting stale. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here, and having not owned one of these, I hadn't thought about this. We know about the updates, but the fact that you could get into your car this morning and it works, stuff has moved That's what I find fascinating. And I've heard other people talk about that. Literally, like, that button you use regularly in the software has changed its location. Now, we've all experienced this on a phone, where you get wake (laughs) up and go, wait, 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 why is that? But it's interesting to think about that in your car. An actual feature has either changed, gone away, improved, maybe, or moved. You know, a lot of car manufacturers are doing this now, and it's actually
1: a great idea because Completely. what a great way to be able to service and update cars, and that will only continue. But yeah, it's a little confusing. You've got to be always aware of things. I'd love, Derek, that you're loving your car. And he says, mm-hmm. with Completely. the new house, they're getting solar panels, which will be nice. But he says, he's watched that Evora GT, the M2CS and the Evora <laughs> GT episode. He's
0: still eyeballing that. You're teasing yourself with other things. <laughs> I love it. It's great.
1: The last paragraph says he's enrolled in the full self-driving beta and will reinstate it because it's nowhere near ready. Couldn't agree more. I've got a friend with the beta installed on his Tesla Model Y as well. and We went for a drive the other day, and although impressive, I told Todd that all three of us in the car were so much more hyper-aware of what the car was doing. We weren't relaxed. Autopilot infers that all the passengers can kind of pay less attention. You can kind of slack off. You can kind of focus your conversation on more what's going on inside the car than paying attention to driving. But no, all three of us were judging the car's capabilities. Like, ooh, almost took out that mailbox. Oh, I would have been further to the right in the lane passing that dump truck. Or, yeah. ah, why does it slowly creep out into the intersection and wait for a few seconds? And that's with traffic going through on, on the oncoming mm. traffic. It's not a stop sign. It slowly creeps out we 're halfway out into the lane, and then it nails the throttle. Why is it doing all this stuff it 's beta that 's why, but i wasn 't impressed either and then it had a lot of problems parking itself and self summoning it just kind of did this cockeyed thing in the parking space wasn 't good but nevertheless but you said
0: it 's interesting it 's interesting and of course it 's got to start somewhere i don 't know that that you know public beta is the answer, but but the one of the things you said to me after that experience that has really resonated with me that i 'm I'm trying to figure out where else I've even heard we as humans doing this. And that is for features like this that are cutting edge features that frankly don't work like they should and don't work like they're promised. Mm-hmm. We as humans in general, and I'm talking way beyond Tesla here. When we're having this new funny tech that we're excited about, we do this thing. We all say it where we go, oh, well, we get the idea. We try it. It doesn't work like it's supposed to. And then we excuse it. Well, you, you get the idea. Yeah, and, and you guys were talking about that when you were having this experience in that car on both Summon and full self-driving. And you and I have used Summon before. We've been around it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it didn't strike me until you had that experience that day, and you talked about how you guys kept saying that to each other kind of unintentionally. Well, I, I think that's yeah. a little terrifying. We were we, paying we so will... close
1: attention, more so than if I were just driving normally and relaxed. I wouldn't be paying that close of attention. I mean, I would, but I'd just be driving normally. We were scrutinizing everything
0: the car did. Well, but hang on. Let, let's, let's pretend you have your 15 or 16-year-old son or daughter driving a car, and they keep screwing up, like screwing up, and turning to you and going, yeah, but mom, dad, you get the idea. Oh, oh. You, you'd be like, no, go back there and do that better. That's not okay. There's no you get the idea. That needs to be Right. I guess but yet, when you have
1: your learner's software, permit, that is beta mode for a new driver. That is ba-
0: that is beta mode, but but, but you get the idea is not okay. You can't do no. your driver's test and go, you get the idea. We're We're allowing that in software in these cars. I am fascinated by our ability to gloss
1: it over. I really am. I want to be able to confidently send my autonomous car out to go pick up the hot pizza and bring it back. And I'm waiting at home. I'll track it on my phone. I'll see if it, you know, stops for any reason, and go pick up the pizza. It'll open the hatch, stick the pizza in, drive it back to me.
0: It's see, take see out. you're not thinking, you're not thinking big enough. You're supposed to send your Tesla bot to the Tesla to get the pizza, to come back with said pizza, so oh. you don't have to be bothered. And by as early as next year, we will have a combination of robo taxis and your personal C-3PO, so you can. That's about to be realized, Paul. I'm excited for you. I really am. <laughs> You can wait at home with your flamethrower and just wait for your pizza. And keep it warm when it gets there. It's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be awesome. The pizza needs to be warmed back up. Good thing I have this.
1: Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new ceramic wash and coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon,
0: which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products
1: or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed, and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Matt A. in Brisbane, Australia, writes to us about replacing the truck. Matt, thanks for writing. Really appreciate you listening and following the show. Yeah. His girlfriend-slash-partner-slash-M-O-F-in-waiting is looking to replace her aging BMW X5 20D, which he affectionately mm. refers to as the truck. Okay. I don't think BMW pictured like, yeah, this is truck, truck thinking when they designed that. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's Can, the truck.
0: Did, did anybody ever take that and make a, I know they made like a pickup out of an E30 once. Did somebody <laughs> make a pickup out of an X5? I just like to see it. It I has the, the double split tailgate. Maybe you could pull that off. That'd That's be amazing. That's true. Well, she's had it for about seven years. And while it's been good
1: overall in the last couple of years, it started to exhibit a few issues she has reached the conclusion that maybe it's time to look for a replacement. Now she shares this car with her sister because they swap cars now and then. So when she's not driving an X5, she's driving an X4. Okay. okay. BMW family, good to know. Excellent. Yes, so, well he's gone through the initial questions with her on what she likes and what she doesn't like and what sort of budget she's willing to set. She doesn't really like anything Japanese or Korean in general. Wants to stick with European cars. In terms of body shapes, she wants to stay with SUV styling, but smaller than the X5, it's just that size isn't needed right now. Okay. Okay. While they've done a little tire kicking so far and looked at the Lexus NX350, the Mercedes GLA 250, the Q3 Sportback, and the Volvo XC40. She -hmm. likes the look of the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, but so far that XC40 seems to be winning, And they're looking to the possibility of looking at something like an electric Kia EV6, but that would require additional work to get a charging point installed because she lives in an apartment complex. Okay. But he does acknowledge in this current automotive climate, getting anything new is going to put her on a waiting list for at least six months, which may not be a concern because she's open to something used as well. He talks about a Porsche Macan. I mean, at this point, Matt, you've listed most of the SUV, CUV sizes in that range. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to jump ahead. They're in sunny Australia, in Brisbane, so that limits their options in some respects. But at this point, their budget is up to 80000 Australian dollars to spend, which at this time of recording is 59605 U.S. dollars. So we'll call
0: it sixty grand. very good budget. It uh, is. There's, there's so many options at that point, for sure.
1: There really are. I, I want to jump in first, Matt, and ask you to ask her, unless she's already listening... Why? What, what, for what reason does she want an SUV? Mm. Maybe they're a genuine, maybe it's dogs. Maybe it's "My job requires it." Maybe it's "I just want to sit up high." All those reasons yeah. certainly drive reasons we buy vehicles. And you do mention that the X5 is something that is big that just isn't needed. But mm-hmm. I want you to walk into your next car ownership really evaluating, reevaluating. What are my reasons for wanting that? Do you just simply want it? I, okay, that is good enough for me because there's many cars. I just want. Mm-hmm. I cannot justify them. I cannot tell you why. I just <laughs> want it. That's yep, most to bring a trailer. I, trailer. I just want. Yeah, that yeah car. for sure. Uh-huh. I
0: don't yeah, know. Can't what afford do it, with it. Shouldn't bid on it. Exactly. But I want that car. Yep.
1: Man, do I want it? That's why we love things. You know, cars. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, but when you're buying, you know, spending that much money on a vehicle. Do you have passengers? Do you need the cargo space? What is it? Because I think the CUV market is representative of people buying kind of blindly. Well, this mm, is what's offered and I yeah, like yeah. it. It <clears throat> takes people. has some good cargo space in the back. I guess I just like it. So, yeah, at that point, let's choose styling. Let's choose brand loyalty. Let's choose power. It's, you know, it fits my budget. But if you really break it down, like I want something more dynamic, which means mm-hmm. changing the shape of the car. Maybe it's a little bit lower to the ground. And so I acknowledge those reasons. There may be some that, again, we don't know about. If you want a new vehicle, that Genesis GV70 is something we can't stop talking about to the point where yeah. people have now acknowledged yeah. that Chevy Malibus are the new monetary unit to shop They're with. They're the monetary unit for the show. Yes, they are, for sure. But General Motors Australia on Ann Street in Fortitude Valley, I love Google Maps, has a Genesis dealer. They've got them mm. there. You could try going there. But again, we've run into the six to eight months waiting list realities about Genesis yeah, products.
0: for sure. And for that's sure.
1: partly because of the climate of the car market, partly because of the sh- chip shortage, but partly because they're so good.
0: They're, mm-hmm. they're in demand, for sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they are right in budget. So if you can... I say go for that GV seventy, but my used options for you include Brisbane Mini Garage right around the corner. Oh, go look at a Mini Countryman, new, used, and the reason oh, that's I interesting that is because it's a BMW underneath. It's yeah. still, and it's of all the cars on the market, it's the one between a hot hatch and a CUV. It's right. Sure. It, yeah, it yeah, has yeah. a leg in both camps. Yeah, it does. And I think she'd love it. It's got the quirkiness and fun stuff of what Mini, the brand Mini, does. And it's also a BMW. It has that European car feel. And it's still big enough for your needs. Backseat passengers, and you fold the seats down, and you've got good SUV space. It's smaller mm-hmm. than an X5.
0: I don't think you can do better. Hmm. That's really good. I have a couple other options, but yeah, that option just made me think of this option. You know what's one of my favorite BMW SUVs right now is the X2 Oh, that's good. Chassis with where you are. The thing I Mm -hmm. like about the X2 is every time I see one, I double take because I realize that's BMW's hatchback right now. Yeah, true. They don't make a hatchback. That's their hatchback. The X1 still looks SUV style. The X2 looks like a hatchback car. Why not drive that as well while you're driving stuff like the Countryman? That Countryman's a great one, Paul. I'm gonna back your play, guys. On uh, on the X40, the X40. uh, Pardon me, XC40 is excellent from Volvo. That's a very very good choice. That gives me a frame of reference on design and what you're liking. I think that is a really good front runner for you. But I'm gonna go where Paul went, and I'm gonna add one. You guys said no Japanese or no Korean cars, but then you have driven a Lexus product. Now, maybe that was the thing that made her decide she doesn't want Japanese or Korean, but I'm going to really challenge, Matt, you and your fiancé, throw the badges out. Mm -hmm. Just throw them out. Agreed. Don't care what it is. And drive stuff and see if you like it. And the two that you need to drive, absolutely, are that Genesis GV70 and the Mazda CX-5. I've just gone Korean and Japanese, two (laughs) things you said she will not consider. Yep. But I really think... Throw the throw the country of origin and the badge out and drive those cars and have an honest conversation about, did you like that? Forget where it came from. Genesis has got the best warranty in the business, by the way. So you can't have a discussion about, well, I don't think it's going to be reliable or it's going to work for me. Best warranty in the business. BMW is not promising that. Neither is Volvo. Okay, And we like the Volvo products. And we know some people that have owned them have been like, guys, there's some reliability questions here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... GV70 and Mazda CX5 are both leaders in their segment and their price points. Drive them and have an honest conversation with yourself about do I really not like those at all? And if not, why not? Because if the only reason you don't like them is because they're they're from Korea and Japan, I, I think we got to throw it out the badge out a little more. But that's my challenge. So that's that's my thought there. XC40 again is excellent. Um, A used Macan is very good. I think you would thoroughly enjoy that. I like that size. That made me think of that X2 that Paul was bringing up, the countryman. The X2 is definitely in there. And then the other one, kind of my wild card, is see if you can get yourself a recent, with the inbox system, a recent GLC. Because the GLC is kind of the Macan sized offering from Mercedes. Now, they are wickedly expensive new. (laughs) Yeah. But if you can get one that's got the inbox system, they are really, really fun. And you don't have to go all the way up to the crazy AMG-ness for them to be fun. It is bigger than the GLA that you've looked at, but, I, but it is about McCon sized. I think the GLC should at least be glanced toward. But I hope that you just go further actual driving to see if something might surprise you. Good stuff. If you've got your own
1: debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys.
0: I want to remind you guys of Driveshare from our friends at Haggerty. Driveshare is a car sharing community that connects renters with the owners of cool cars. We're talking vehicles that elevate any occasion like a wedding or a special celebration or even a vacation. Or you can just enjoy a dream ride, a car you've always wanted to drive. That's why I put my Lotus Elise on Driveshare and many people have loved driving it. List your car to earn some extra money knowing you're covered
1: by exceptional insurance and roadside service. Owners and renters can both rest easy and enjoy the ride. Visit Driveshare.com or download the app to rent or list a ride today.
0: On the audience question, there's one that has kind of challenged me to do a little bit of digging. On Instagram, beer, bikes, and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I saw this. How do, how do we get everyday driver nominated for a Webby Award? I don't know. So I went looking. And it's interesting. <laughs> my, my question for you, actually, Triple B, that's what I'm going to call you. What, my question for you is, are you asking for the podcast or for videos? Mm. Because mm-hmm. theoretically, it could be either one. I, I'm just curious what, what made you write that email. I appreciate the fact that you think we should be nominated. I think, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I think we have to submit ourselves, which we have not done. So I uh, sure I would be fascinated to submit us. I don't know how you get yourself uh you know really considered. I don't know if there's something we need to do. If there is somebody out there with knowledge on this and they think we should pursue it, I'm happy to pursue it for podcast or video. Uh it would be an honor to be nominated, uh but I don't know much more than I think we have to submit for ourselves, which I will be honest, I never think about. It. I never think about it. what award could we submit yeah, ourselves? It never crosses my mind, but I appreciate that you asked. Yeah, for sure. Mystic Negro says Todd, you can take a nap. Paul, okay.
1: As a design nerd, watch lover, and seemingly mechanically inclined human, at least I like to think of myself as that, but you know. This there's... is what the
0: 928 has done for you. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah,
1: have you ever spent 30 minutes trying to get a bolt to, to start, to start threading, and your fingers are bleeding? No. Anyway. <clears throat> Have I ever thought of diving into customizing or assembling a watch? He says, you can pretty much build a Seiko diver from spare parts or for the price of buying a Seiko diver. Does that interest me at all? To be honest, not as much. Huh. Doing that on cars and working on cars myself, and I've, you know, kind of been through the ringer there, it does interest me. But on a watch, it's the same reason that I don't want to be a sommelier. I appreciate mm. the schooling and education and training and years of practice that you have gone through, but for watches, I, I do appreciate, but don't want to go through the giant, gigantic steps of doing it mm. myself. And there are many watch collectors out there who, the next step, the holy grail, is to either have a watch a watch designed for them by a custom builder, or they mm-hmm. do it themselves. And most of the time, most of the watches I see, I am not interested in. I don't like the design. Interesting. I don't like what they've come up with. And for me, more than cars, there's a clear separation between the mechanical engineering of the watch and what it does, and the design and the look of it. Functionality mm. and styling are vastly different. And when a watch does both very well, you have companies like Jaeger-LeCoultre. Wow! Or AP, or... Of course, Rolex, Tudor, the big ones, they've done it for so long. They've got it down, and they understand what their market likes. I appreciate that a lot. So it would take so much effort to be able to do that, because at this point, I would just have a cobbled-together watch, and I did it myself. And I suppose there's a satisfaction there, but if it looks like everything else that's already available for sale,
0: Mm, mm. I
1: have trouble
0: spending my time on that. Anyway, onwards. I, I'm awake now. Okay, got it. Uh, Cam Stutz on IG says, any idea when the Utah pilgrimage, the Utah adventure will happen this year? We are targeting, just so everyone knows, September, late September, the 23rd through the 25th. That is a Friday through a Sunday of September of 2022. We are targeting those dates. We are literally, as of this week just starting to head toward planning for those dates so i'm telling you as early as i know there will be registration information available on our website under the adventures tab in the coming weeks but none of that exists yet but again that's that uh, 23rd through 25th of september we are looking for that
1: let's see here i've got a question from middleton photo who says, with the huge and flat torque curves of electric vehicles, would it be possible for them to simulate the characteristics of any internal combustion engine? Good engineers also created an authentic soundtrack for the engine in question and a simulated gearbox and clutch interaction, the end result being a recreation of any internal combustion car toggled by the car's software? But who would build such a thing? Yes, it could. And because... It's an electric car, and because most of it is controlled by software, any question you ask of software to do, the answer is yes. Yes, it can. (laughs) How much time and manpower and money do you Mm -hmm. have? Can the software be changed to incorporate this feature? Yes, it can. What do you want it Mm -hmm. to do? How much time, money, and manpower do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in this case, Middleton Photo, you'd have a dishonest vehicle because the point of having that interaction is the owning of the real thing. For an electric vehicle to simulate everything we love about the mechanical nature of an original internal combustion car, why would I buy this unless it's dramatically cheaper? And it won't be. That's the issue.
0: Mm. Mm, so that's an I, interesting point.
1: I look forward to electric vehicles that are honest with themselves or the builders are honest. Here is the new interaction. Here's what we're doing to get a new driving experience or a new fun way of interacting with your electric vehicle. I see we're, we're just at the beginning stages of that, but certainly new batteries, solid-state batteries bringing the weight of cars down, that will begin to change things, I think, more dramatically than we realize, and we mm. have that to look forward to.
0: I also think that this, this reminds me of, there was a hatchback in Europe, and I don't remember which one it was because it didn't come here, but there was a hatchback in Europe that was sold for a while where you actually had a, a exhaust selection screen. It wasn't just piped-in exhaust. You literally <laughs> could pick which car you wanted the interior of your car to sound like when you accelerated. One of them was like a GTR, and this was a little nothing hatchback. Hmm. You could do GTR, you could do this other sound. You could pick the internal sound of your car and get yourself excited by it having an engine note it didn't have. So to your point, Paul, yes, it's possible. But the other thing I think about is there are some technologies that don't want to be mixed, and I'll give you an extreme example, but... Rotary phones. When's the last time you worked with a rotary phone? They're <laughs> I fascinating. Think in a museum. If you if you pick up a receiver on a rotary phone and you spin, there's there is actually a. This sounds weird. There is a satisfying analog interaction to a rotary phone. Yeah. The actual pull of the numbers is pleasing and is nice in a, in a way. But you would never put that on a modern phone of any kind. True. Ever. True. You'd never do that. But yet, in its own, that is, as far as I can come, that is kind of like the manual transmission of phones. <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't okay. put it on an electric car, it would feel completely disjointed. I, I don't think anybody would do it. But it will be fascinated to see what kind of weird software things people want to do. For sure. There's so another question, Todd, I think you can
1: speak to, but my opinion about Josh Shubring's purchase of a 2022. Toyota Sienna All-Wheel Drive in red. He says, coming oh. out of a 2012 Civic, owned since new, does he have permission to continue looking back at this Sienna in the parking lot? Hashtag new dad vibes. Josh, congratulations. And I say yes because of where you're at in life. Look, at, yeah. look back at it as the milestone of what you're accomplishing and building a family and growing as a person, growing as a driver. Not because it's a Sienna. Of course not. As the thing, no. But... As you look back as a milestone, here's this is me. This is what I'm doing in life. I've
0: got new stuff, new cars to look forward to. I say yes. I I agree with yes, but Josh, I'm going to expand this further, and that is this: what this show, the reason this show exists, and the reason we talk about everything on the planet is, we want you to have the best thing in the market segment you need for your budget and your needs and that kind of stuff. And the truth is, there, if you're hauling people and stuff. There isn't a better platform than a minivan. It's not the cool platform, but as far as just this is its purpose, minivans win, which is why we've done minivan reviews on test drive, and we try to always have some fun with them. We had fun and enjoyed the red Toyota Sienna. Would we personally buy one? No, because neither of us need one. But if we were hauling stuff all the time or a lot of kids, Mm -hmm. nothing beats a minivan. Mm -hmm. So the reason I think it's great for you to still look back at that is because you feel like you bought well. And you have something where you, that, this is the biggest thing. When that car payment comes in every month, the last thing we want on the planet is you to be like, oh, I'm still paying for that thing. (laughs) That's the worst. Right. You found something that you are pleased with that, that for what you need, it solves the problem. That is exactly why this show exists. So while it's not a fun car by any standpoint, you checked boxes and you got a car you like that you are happy to pay for. Buddy, that is a score for sure. Exactly. I have one other one, and that is from Revs Up because it touches on some things we're doing. He said, uh, What about us doing a best driving roads in America? What about an episode, maybe a movie? He'd love us to discuss it on the podcast. Revs up. We're slowly trying to do this. If you look, we did. We've done two different things on Pacific Coast Highway. We uh, have actually t- two videos before we even did our West Coast trip. We did Million Dollar Highway with our cheap sports cars. Then we did our West Coast trip. These four point trips that we're taking in our cars of the past. We've already done West Coast, going up the the uh, as close as we could to the to the water, all the way up to Seattle. Our intention is to show off some of these best roads in America in these old cars. So we are slowly trying to check off some of these boxes. When we go east, we're going to get on some cool roads. When we are going north, we've got some great roads. And we are when we go into Texas for south. So we are actually targeting some of the best roads to be able to show them off, to encourage people to go find a road near them that is awesome. That's something I've always wanted to do. The real struggle here, and I'm just being candid, is these are not things that a YouTube audience is normally going to gravitate toward. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, yeah. the pieces that we've dropped so far have done okay, but we want to just encourage everybody listening to watch those when they drop because that's going to get more people to see them. We're excited about doing more of them, but it isn't, it isn't obvious YouTube content. That's the, that's the struggle of it, but I am excited to do it.
1: Guys, thank you for all your questions. Really appreciate it. There's some that we haven't gotten to, but we do plan to in the future, and you're always thinking because all these questions are so good. And we want to learn together. We want to get better as drivers and improve and continue to enjoy and learn about the things that we love, cars, and have you guys love something that you drive. Mm -hmm. Truly. Really appreciate it. We're always looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.